Somebody got used just to win a bet, so they sought out their own nuclear revenge. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, taking out the trash. Bad relationships are a tale as old as time. They've always been there, and they're always going to be there. Because there are people who refuse to stop being terrible humans, no matter how many lessons are learned. This is not to deter you from believing in good relationships, because those do exist and I've witnessed a few of them. My parents are the biggest example I have. They always taught my siblings and I to love each other the way they did and they led by example. In all my 23 years of living at home, yes I still live with my parents, the economy is depleting so you can't blame me, I've never heard them raise their voices at each other, in front of us or otherwise. They're pretty quiet people, so they learned to talk their issues out reasonably, and they taught us that too. It was probably the only lesson I didn't learn because I hate confrontation, but I think it's safe to say that I was raised in a family that was full of love and kindness. This story is not about my family though, it's about my relationship with my ex-boyfriend and how I taught him a lesson that I just know he will never forget for as long as he lives. As a kid who was raised in a quiet family, I'm like a hardcore introvert. Somehow, that means that I mostly attract extroverts as friends and partners. All of my best friends have been that. And while it gets uncomfortable sometimes, I think it's a good idea to leave your little cocoon once in a while. My love life in high school was a little weird. I was in a friend group that, at some point, we all liked each other, not simultaneously. So it was almost like we exchanged ourselves with each other. It might sound a little weird and swinger-esque, but it worked for us. College was a different ball game altogether. Dating wasn't even on the agenda for me in the beginning because I was struggling to get my grades up. At one point, I felt really sick and was absent from school for a month. The only way to fix the damage it made in my grades was to attend the summer semester. I took it without hesitation and started the semester. It was there I met my now ex-boyfriend. I mentioned earlier how somehow extroverted people always found their way to me, and that was exactly what happened. We had a few classes together. The first thing I noticed about him was that he was funny. Not in a class clown type of way, but a smart, snarky, and sarcastic way. I enjoyed his humor even when he was a bit disruptive, and after some time, he noticed that I was the only one who laughed at his jokes and approached me. I found out that his name was John, fake name, and we had so much in common including shows that I was convinced nobody knew about. That kind of got the ball rolling faster, and before I knew it, I was hanging out with him every day and listening to him perfect his pop version of Bohemian Rhapsody by the band Queen. I didn't hate it though. I adored nearly all the things he did, no matter how cringe they were. In retrospect, that was really embarrassing and I'm glad I know better now. Now, this is an honorable mention, but John was very vain. Like incredibly and dramatically vain. It was almost comical. He never went anywhere without being overdressed and he loved his hair. It was a little creepy sometimes. He had more hair products than I did, bought and made use of really expensive hair dryers, straighteners, and curlers, and spoke extensively about hair to anyone who cared to listen. I didn't care too much about that part because he did the Lord's work with that aspect. I still use some of the products he recommended to me because he was just that smart about it. Besides being vain, John was also a liar. I didn't find out until nearly seven months into our relationship and even then I was still in doubt about it. He had this sob story that he told when he was in a gathering, or if I was trying to be reasonable about a bad decision that he made and he wanted an automatic out. It was about how he had been born into poverty and had abusive parents, 
as if that somehow made all of his weird and stupid decisions okay. My own parents had taught me patience and kindness, and the fact that not everyone had the same privileges to have a family like ours, and it made me very sensitive to others. But even then, something about John's story seemed sketchy. But I didn't question it until I found out from a friend of mine that my boyfriend who claimed to live in a trailer with his family didn't actually live in a trailer, but in one of the biggest mansions in Texas, where he was from. I felt disappointed at the fact that he'd lied to me, but he lied his way out of the situation and went ahead to give me a super expensive promise ring. I'm a girl who likes shiny things, and that was enough to tide me over for a while. It even seemed like our relationship was getting better. So much better that I started to distance myself from my friends because all my boyfriend wanted to do was spend all this time with me. The phase didn't last long and soon I was finding underwear that wasn't mine in weird places. Almost as if he wasn't even trying to hide it. I told myself that it wasn't true and I was just being paranoid and continued to live in denial until the signs of his cheating started to show on me. The second I started feeling pain in my lower stomach and when I peed, I took myself to the health center and my biggest fear was confirmed. I had an STD that had been given to me by my dear boyfriend. I was scared and anxious and didn't know how to bring it up. Being an introvert meant that I already had issues with communication. So I suffered in silence until my best friend literally yelled at me to do it. When I did, John did what any man who had been caught cheating would do and he broke down in tears, telling me how it was a mistake and how he was tempted by the girl. It was all very dramatic and I couldn't help but laugh. I laughed so much that I cried, and although he was very confused, he didn't let up from the begging and crying. We were there for hours until I shrugged and said that it was fine. I could see the shock on his face when I agreed to let things go, because he never spoke about it or did it again. He was quick to agree, swearing by his life that he would never cheat on me again. When I told my friends that we had gotten back together, they were all very upset with me talking my ears off until I had a headache, but they had no idea that I had a whole plan to get revenge on John. Telling them about the plan would have made them understand, but it would have also have made me realize how maniacal it was, and possibly have made me back down. I didn't want that at all. I wanted to channel all the anger in my chest, and use it to get at him. The new relationship with John was very different from what I was used to. It was really sweet and innocent before, but now he just showered me with gifts and didn't give me any real attention. He blamed it on school and having a side gig as an actor in a locally produced TV show, but I didn't care in the slightest. I just wanted the opportunity to make him pay for his actions. My friends were still not in support of my actions, but I was the only one who knew what I needed to do. John's acting gig did pretty well. So well that he auditioned for a few more and landed nearly all of them. The one he was the most excited about was an ad for a hair product company and he had the kind of hair they were looking for. Shiny, full, luscious hair that fell a little after the nape of his neck and looked perfectly styled at all times. He was super excited and decided that he wanted to do a series of intensive hair treatments in the coming week before he had to shoot. As his loving girlfriend, I offered to help and he trusted me to do it just the way he liked. It was two days to the shooting day when I suggested a deep condition for his hair to make it even more shiny. He was immediately game, pulling out his deep conditioner and slathering it all over his head and then wearing a plastic shower cap. Normally, you're only supposed to deep condition your hair for 20 to 30 minutes tops, but John, being the man he was, 
decided that leaving it for over an hour worked better for him. It was perfect for me too, because it meant my plan would work seamlessly. At midnight, when my dear boyfriend was fast asleep, I drove to the local Target and got two tubes of hair removal cream and some coconut oil. The deep conditioner he used was coconut scented, and after what I was going to do, I needed to cover up the stench of my sins. I have the deep conditioner into two parts and then replaced the half that I removed with hair removal cream and a dash of processed coconut oil. After a very vigorous mixing, the crime had been committed and all I had to do was wait. I can't tell you how hilarious it was watching my boyfriend screaming in horror with lumps of his light brown hair in his hands and the entire middle of his head shiny and bald. He screamed bloody murder and swore to sue everybody under the sun, eventually resorting to just tears after he realized there was nothing he could do. I got it all on video, and I also thought it was funny how he didn't smell the slightest bit of hair removal because that mixture reeked of it. I comforted him the best I could and helped to remove the rest of the hair from his head and even helped to send emails to his manager about his predicament. As expected, he lost the hair gig and a few other small roles he got because of his hair. He was lucky enough to retain a few, but it was obvious that all of the things took a toll on him. Satisfied with the way things were, I ghosted him without an explanation. This is when I explained everything to my friends, and they finally understood the reason why I stayed with him after he cheated. The only time I felt sympathy for John during the entire ordeal was when I was in the middle of mixing his nice little hair conditioner. He had embarrassed me so badly and then given me an STD that very rarely showed symptoms and could have potentially been life-threatening for me. It was the least I could do to take away the only source of personality he had. I know that it's just hair and it'll grow back, but in the future, I reckon he'll be very wary of who he cheats on. What I just want to understand is, in the end, did this guy understand that OP did this to them, or do they think that it was a weird byproduct of the actual conditioner? Because if he's not fully aware, he might not connect the two and two that it happened as a form of revenge because he cheated. Our next story is, dude uses me to win a bet, so I trashed his new sports car. We live in a really crazy world where, as civilized as we are, we still knowingly do things to hurt each other. Not as a means of survival or anything, just for the fun of it. I find it sickening that we're the most conscious and enlightened beings on planet Earth, but still, we do things to each other that even the creatures with lower brain power don't do to themselves. The hurt and pain we cause to those around us is on a whole different level, and will most likely be the end of our species. I mean, look at it. The same weapons we created to protect ourselves and keep the peace are what's being used to start wars and cause genocides and stuff. Alright, maybe the war stuff is going too far, so let's kick it back a notch and talk about my personal experience. I once knew a guy I thought I was in a relationship with, let's call him Jimmy, but after two whole months, it turned out that all he wanted was to sleep with me to win a bet. Now have you understood what I just said? You'll get why I started with the rant about humans and hurt. Now, obviously, the pain I felt was unimaginable, but it was nothing compared to the one he felt when he laid his eyes upon his wrecked sports car. But first, let me explain the whole story in detail. I remember vividly the first time I met him. It was a cold, rainy night in February, and I'd just finished a 10-page report for a class assignment. I was hungry, but there wasn't any food left in the fridge. All I had at the time was some cranberry juice and a sachet of half-eaten M&Ms. 
which I'd left in my backpack earlier that day. As I've said, it was raining and I wasn't about to get some food in the rain. I mean, I had an umbrella and a sweater, but it was too much of a hassle. So instead, I settled for the cranberry juice and the M&Ms. I plopped on my bed, ready to continue watching my favorite reality TV show, Love Island. My roommate wasn't back from classes at the time. I mean, she obviously couldn't still be in class. She'd probably gone somewhere else, as per usual. As soon as I flipped open my laptop, my phone buzzed. I had left it on the reading table, and I was already getting comfortable on my bed, so the first time I let it go to voicemail, it rang again, and I had to roll off the bed to pick it up. It was my roommate, Cayman. She was at a bar, and she wanted me to come over, because our mutual friend Tatum had just got her heart broken. I didn't want to go because I'd already committed to my cranberry juice and the M&Ms. Besides, it wasn't new for Tatum to get her heart broken. It had happened so often that it was hard to keep count. Eventually, I decided to go to the bar and possibly grab a bite on the way. Fortunately, the rain stopped just when I was searching for my umbrella. I took the umbrella anyway. The rain could start again anytime. It was a 10-minute walk to the bar. I hated every minute of the journey. The cold was so intense that it seeped through my thick sweater and into my bones. I remember cursing and blaming Tatum for not staying single in college. Anyways, I got to the bar a little later than 10 minutes because I had to stop to grab a bite in the fast food restaurant still open, so I got to the bar in like 20 minutes. When I got there, Tatum was already drunk and swearing off boys for the rest of her life, like always after every breakup. I did my part in consoling her, then I got a beer for myself. Cayman and I started to talk about our day, and before I knew it, we were so deep in conversation that we didn't know when Tatum went on to flirt with some guy at a corner of the bar. When we finally noticed, Cayman hurried over to get her. That was when I turned my sight to the rest of the bar, because I'd been facing the counter since I arrived. When I turned around, I instantly noticed a guy staring at me from the far end of the room. He had a group of friends at the table giggling and stealing glances at me. I found it weird at first, but the guy was cute, so I wasn't complaining. I turned my gaze back to Cayman as she wrestled Tatum off the stranger, and all the while I was also stealing glances at the guy at the table. After some time and maybe a confidence boost from his friends, the guy stood up from his seat and walked over to me. He introduced himself as Jimmy, and I told him my name. Then he offered to buy me a drink. At that time, I wasn't really in the mood to drink anymore, but I didn't want to reject him. As I said, he was cute. I accepted his offer and we began to talk. He was a final year marketing major and a something minor. I didn't pay attention to that tiny detail. Anyways, we talked for over 20 minutes straight and I found that he was interesting. There were a few awkward moments though when he jokingly invited me over to his place that night, but thinking about it now, I don't think it was a joke. Anyways, I laughed it off, and when it was time to take Tatum home, he offered to give us a ride. I wanted to say yes, but at that moment, Tatum was unstable and I didn't want her puking in his car, so I declined. So instead, he collected my number and promised to call. As soon as we got outside the bar, I regretted not accepting the ride. The rain started again, and we couldn't get a taxi to take her to her apartment. I brought my umbrella though, so it wasn't that bad. Anyways, we couldn't take Tatum back to her apartment. It was too far, so we took her to ours instead, and she passed out the night on my bed. Jimmy didn't call for two days, and because of that, I'd pretty much forgotten about him. 
So when I saw his call on the fourth day, I was kind of surprised. He told me that he wanted to call earlier, but he had to respect the three days rule. What? I mean, I know about the three days rule, but I didn't think that some people take them that seriously. I found it weird. Well, he asked me if I wanted to hang out later that day, but I had to decline because I'd already had plans with my study group. Mid-semester tests were drawing close and I had to do some studying. He seemed kind of disappointed, but he said okay and asked me when I was going to be free. I wasn't doing anything the next week on Saturday and I told him so. Then we decided to meet up for a movie date. By this time, I didn't really put much thought into Jimmy. I liked the fact that he looked good, yes, but that's all there was to it. I didn't know him very well. The next Saturday, as promised, we went on a movie date and after that we got lunch at a fast food restaurant. There, we had a really in-depth conversation. By the end of the day, I decided that Jimmy was someone I could see myself dating, but not at once. When it was time to go, he asked me if I wanted to come over to his place, which was a code word for do I wanna, you know. I chuckled nervously and told him straight up that I wasn't that type of a girl. I couldn't get intimate with anyone, except if I felt a close connection with the person. That was why my friends Cayman and Tatum had a long string of one night stands and I didn't. He was pissed off, I could tell. That should have even have been a red flag at the time, but I didn't think of it that way. But eventually he decided that it was okay and if I wanted to take it slow, he was game. He decided to give me a ride home and I accepted. That was the first time I saw his car. It was a McLaren 570S. My mouth fell open in surprise. I didn't expect him to own such a sick car. By my estimate, the car was worth at least 180 grand at the time. I was forced to ask him if he was some undercover billionaire or something. He just laughed it off and we went on our way. The next few weeks, Jimmy and I started to hang out often and it was great. Even came and noticed that I was smiling more and she decided that she wanted to see my new boyfriend. At that point, we hadn't put a label on what we were, so I told her that when he was actually my boyfriend, she'd be the first to know. During that time, Jimmy and I hung out at bars and restaurants, or sometimes even took a walk in the park, or go for a ride in his car. Anytime he invited me to his apartment, I made up an excuse not to go. It wasn't like I didn't trust him, but he was a man after all. One weird thing happened during our talking stage though, something I should have really looked into, or at least thought about without bias. Whenever we were together talking or just hanging out, I talk about my friends a lot, but he on the other hand never mentioned them. Not once. I knew he wasn't a loner because the first time I saw him at the bar he was with a group of people and they all looked pretty close. Anyways, exactly 6 weeks after we started going out, Jimmy and I officially became boyfriend and girlfriend. And as promised, I introduced Jimmy to my friend Cayman. We set up a double date in one of the bowling alleys close to our apartment, and Cayman came along with her new love interest Marcus. When Cayman laid her eyes on Jimmy, she had this look of surprise on her face. Another warning sign I shouldn't have ignored because most guys Cayman knew were up to no good. When I asked her what the problem was, she drew me to a corner and asked me why I was dating him. She didn't know his name though, but as she said, she knew him by reputation. He was rather famous around campus for being a womanizer. I found that weird because I hadn't heard anything like that from anyone else. Besides, she didn't know anything else about him. Not his name, nothing else. She might have mistaken him for someone else. 
I told her this, and after a while, she conceded and we returned to the guys to do some bowling. But still, even as Cayman had agreed that she could have been mistaken, I wasn't at ease with myself. What if she was right, and Jimmy was just some womanizer and I'm just a part of some elaborate game he's playing? But I found that very unlikely at that time. We've been together for almost two months already, and we hadn't been intimate. No player could wait that long. Or at least so I thought. That evening after the bowling date, Jimmy and I bid goodnight to Cayman and her friend, and for the first time, I agreed to go home with him. As expected, events transpired and we, well, got intimate. After that day, I experienced a drastic change with Jimmy. Day after day, week after week, I'd call him to know if he wanted to hang out or something, but he was always busy. At first, I thought to give him his space because first semester exams were only a few weeks away. And as a final year student, I thought he was busy getting ready. But even after exams, nothing changed. I'd call him and he wouldn't pick up. After a while, I just stopped trying and I decided to give him his space. I had a lot on my plate at the time and I wasn't going to waste time on someone who obviously didn't want to spend time with me. Exactly six days after I decided to stop calling him, came and came home one evening, searching the room frantically till she laid eyes on me. I was kind of surprised that she was back because we had just finished our exams and that was usually the time when Cayman goes for parties, which dragged on for days. She sat beside me and told me she had seen Jimmy at a party, sucking face with some random skink. My heart sank into my chest as I heard this, but Cayman wasn't even close to finished. She walked over to a few guys at the open bar, and coincidentally those guys were friends with Jimmy. Cayman asked them why Jimmy didn't bring his girlfriend to the party. They answered that Jimmy never had a girlfriend. They explained that the day they saw me at the bar, Jimmy had been bragging that he could get any girl he wanted on campus, but when they saw me and how I was dressed, they knew that I was out of his league and wouldn't allow him to sleep with me. Jimmy had assured them once again that he could get any girl he wanted, and so he accepted a $1,000 bet and set out to prove his superior art of seduction. I didn't know when the tears streamed from my eyes as I listened to her story. As she rambled on and on, one question stayed stuck in my head. How could I have been so stupid? Seriously, the signs were there. All the time when he tried to get me to go to his place, even when I told him that I was demisexual, the fact that for the two months that we were together, I never met a single one of his friends. The pain I felt in my heart was so intense, it was almost physical. I wanted to break down and just cry myself to numbness, but Cayman had a better idea. She pulled me from the bed, and we walked outside to gather some bricks around the building. When I asked her what it was for, she simply said, revenge. We got to the party a few minutes later, and everyone was still inside the building. Jimmy's McLaren was parked outside, and without a word, came in through the first brick at the windshield. The alarm went off, but nobody could hear it because of how loud the music was at the party. I decided to join her after that first throw and we busted his headlight, dented the car hood, and shattered the side windows. We had to run away before anyone noticed, but after ruining Jimmy's car, I felt a lot better. Although this guy is absolutely disgusting and what he did is horrid, I'm assuming they probably treated OP fairly well and they probably paid for OP to have some nice experiences. I mean, I don't think this is an experience you'll be able to really get past or forget, but I do think, at least in some small way, 
Hopefully the overall experience wasn't too horrible all things considered. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.